Well, Natalie, we are so grateful to have you on the Connecting Construction podcast today. Again, my name is Evan Hill, and I am one of the hosts for today's show. It is always a bounce back between Matt Sprague and myself. Today, you get to hear my wonderful voice for as long as we go. Natalie, Ab, I almost want to say Abshir, but can you pronounce it for me? Because I can't remember how to do it again, Natalie. Yes, it's Abshire, and thank Abshire, you. Abshire, like the Shire yes. from Lord of the Rings, is is how I'm going to remind yes. myself. Uh, Natalie, thank or, you so or your much hair for coming. Is on fire. Or my know. hair is on fire. I will. Uh, you know what? I'm going to use that actually to remember it. Um, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, actually. One of my dogs is named Frodo, so I'm probably going to remember it by the Shire. Uh, Natalie, thank you so much for joining today's show. Uh, You and I have got to know each other over the past year or so, working on multiple different projects together at Tremble. I think you're smart. I think you're brilliant. But what people don't know is you have a long, well, maybe they do know. You're 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 a name that's uh, been talked about, I think, for a while in the construction industry, and particularly contact construction technology. Uh, your history goes back. I want to learn all about your career, how you got to this point, and I want to dive a little bit into your entrepreneurial past. But I will let you take it away. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, again, thanks for having me, and. Um, I have been around the industry for a while. I, I actually, if you hear my dog in the background, I apologize for that. I put him away, but he's still being easy. Um, <clears throat> so I started out in the construction industry originally in the mechanical contracting space. Um, as I've many people have heard me say, my, my family actually owns a mechanical contracting company here in Colorado. And, and that's where I started out. And I swore when I was in my uh, 20s, early 20s, I swore I would never work for the family business um, because that just didn't want to go there. And then um, for some health reasons with, uh, with my mom, I ended up uh, going to work for the family business and starting out as basically a file clerk, you know, doing whatever anybody told me to do. And then um, I just kept going. I just, I went into uh, assisting the estimators and, and putting their estimates together. And then I went in uh, to learning estimating and, and setting up the estimating system at our company. And from there, went into project management. Um, and I even I even went into uh, the, the trades a little bit. I, I do not profess to be a tradesman. Um, I was a good solderer, but um, I, I didn't want to spend a lot of time in the field in the ditches, so I, I stayed. I stayed in my realm, mm-hmm. um, and then I project managed for a number of years, and then got really interested in the technology side of construction and where it was. And back then, as you might guess, it was in its infancy. Um, you know, there were accounting systems and there were estimating systems. There weren't hardly any project management systems back then. And kind of a funny story, what got me started was that I built our company website back in, I don't know, 1998 or something. And very basic uh, static website, you know, who you are, what you do kind of thing. Um, But I built a form on there because I wanted our, our foreman out in the field 
to do their daily reports, which is always a struggle. You know, that field to office communication is always a struggle, has been for years, right? So I came up with this idea that if I could get our foreman to do their daily reports through the website instead of on paper, uh, then I told him I would give him a dollar for each one they did. That is um, amazing. I did and, not know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. And so it, if they did it for a whole month back then, you know, that kind of paid for their internet service at home. And so I, I started out with that and they started doing it. And you got to remember, this was, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, people didn't have all the useful tools that we have today. So, you know, you still were dialing in and getting that weird buzzing sound when you dialed into the internet, right? Um, mm -hmm. from, your, from your landline phone, okay? So anyway, I, I got them doing it. And then I thought, well, if they can do daily reports, then we should be able to do submittals and RFIs and change orders and all of this stuff. So I came up with this grand plan of how I was gonna just take our company that I was working for and bring us into this new age of technology and um, I explained this grand plan to my parents and they told me I was insane. And <laughs> so I ended up quitting my job. Love <laughs> my it. Day job. And I, I went and started uh, Construct Job and I built that out and getting it built was a, there's a zillion stories I want stories to dive there. into that though, Natalie, is like, at, at an entrepreneur um, at a fairly young age, what was that process? What did that process look like for you in the late 90s? <laughs> what were some of maybe the mistakes you made along the way? Maybe some of the yeah. better decisions you made along the way? What did day-to-day -day life look for you as a founder you know, of it, a contact company was, in the 90s? It was crazy. And it was right there at the dot-com era, right? Um, which all these dot-com, you know, the internet was just exploding. All these mm -hmm. dot-com companies were coming out. It was before Amazon, before uh, all, all the big tech companies now, right? Google wasn't even there. We didn't even have Google. We were Netscape and, and uh, Internet Explorer and that. Um, I have not thought about Netscape in forever. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for reminding me of its existence. That's crazy. Um. So, so what I did was I came up with this idea and I wasn't a, like, I could build a static website. I could, I could use front page, which was the Microsoft website builder back then. And then I started to learn more and more about HTML and how to build websites. And I got into the uh, Dreamweaver and, and those, those products, but I've, I've never been like a programmer. So one of the very first things I had to do after I started, you know, I came up with my grand plan of how I was, you know, this whole software, but I wasn't a programmer. So I had to go find a programmer. And uh, I went through, first I hired a company because I thought, okay, I'm going to hire a company and they're going to build this for me. And, and I thought stupidly that, oh, if we take out a mortgage on our house for about $50,000, I could get this done. Right. Well, mm -hmm. Blew through that money right away, right? That fifty thousand dollars didn't even wasn't even a drop in the bucket. Um, sure. But here's here's a funny story. The very first company that I hired, they were downtown Denver, and I would go down. Um, I hadn't quite quit my day job yet, so I was still kind of riding the fence on both of them. But I would go down on Saturdays and sit with this programmer, and we would just him and I would sit in this room, and I would write everything out that I wanted him to do. And, 
he would sit there and program things and did this for, you know, every Saturday for a few months. And then one day he told me, okay, it's ready to, you know, you can log into it. And I was so excited. So I was at home and um, I got online and I logged into it and I shouldn't, I don't even know if I should say this on this podcast, but here, here goes. I logged into it and there it was. And every link I clicked on in inside the site would bring up the most X rated what websites yes yes it was like it was insane and i was like i just spent all this money for this company to program this this software for me and when i log into it all i'm seeing is all this super x-rated stuff i can't the worst stuff you could imagine was this a joke was this intentional i I have have so many questions it had to be it had to be intentional it just had there's you, I mean, back then you had to kind of hard code links in. You couldn't just yeah anything, right? And uh, did you confront the programmer? Oh, my my husband was beside himself, right? Because he saw it and he's like, "What the heck?" So we went down there that Monday morning, fired the company, you know, oh, to, got the software, gosh. the the structure of you know, got all the code, and then I went, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hire a better company," and so I did, and I hired this company called Boeing, you know, the people that make airplanes, right? (laughs) That rings a bell. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to hire Boeing, right? And they were, oh, we we can do this. We have this whole, you know, this whole division that does coding and development, yada, yada. Oh, there's another $18,000 on that wasted bunch of blah. So (laughs) hold up. We we, we fast forwarded (laughs) past the company's defense of hard coding some stuff. Oh, what did they say? I need to uh, know this. The the guy that when when we went down there, the owner of the company, he didn't he he was speechless. He didn't know what to say. It was the programmer that did it, right? Oh, it was God. it was the pro. But the, when I look back at that, I think about all those Saturdays I sat there with him, just him and I in this room, you know. And he never he never really talked a lot. I didn't know the guy that well, and. I don't know what he was doing. He, but he had to hard code all those links in there. So, the the was owner, the system still like functional though? Like, it, or the did, framework or was, was there. The framework was there. Like, you know, I could log in. I had the navigation, you know, sure. of of all that. But whenever I would go to, like, I'd go into a a module and click on something, and then up, up would pop all this really disgusting stuff. And so, yes, the, he did build the framework I and, and the database was there. And the funny thing is back then, I didn't know the difference between Microsoft Access and SQL Server and sure. Oracle or any of that. So it was all built in Access, which was totally under, you know, not, you, you, you know, you can't build a SaaS based project management system on Microsoft Access, but I was, I didn't know. I was I was just starting out in this. Okay, so, so that yeah. engineer was fired. Obviously. He was fired. He was fired. And we got our code, um, and we parted ways. And I've never spoken to those people ever again. Ever. I, I am sorry, but that is the craziest <laughs> out of left field SaaS '90s tech story I've ever heard. Um, yeah. So you hired yeah. a new company. Did that new hired- company? work out how did that the new company told me that microsoft access was completely inappropriate for what i was doing which they were right right and they Mm -hmm. told me that it had to be an oracle right well i didn't know anything 
about Oracle. So I said, okay, here's $18,000, put it in Oracle, blah, blah, blah. Well, they did that and then they didn't do anything else. So I sat there for more months waiting for them to do anything. They didn't do anything. So finally I had mm-hmm. to fire that company and get my code back and yada, yada. So then I finally found a programmer that I thought would be good. And, but he said he didn't work in Oracle. He needed to work in SQL. Okay. So I went from access to Oracle. Now I got to take it back into SQL, which isn't, a, you know, this takes time and effort and skill none mm-hmm. of which did I have. And, uh, but, but I had perseverance. If nothing else, I was mm-hmm. determined to get this thing built. So anyway, we got it into SQL and then he was doing pretty good. Uh, by this time I had rented a little office space cause for some reason I thought I, I needed an office. Um, and so he was working with me pretty good. And then he convinced me to hire his brother. And remember this was all self-funded, right? I didn't have, uh, you know. You you literally were was reading my mind because I, I was going yeah. to ask you, is this like, did you have VC funding or was this no. literally like bootstrapped, no. you are bootstrapped. using your house as collateral? <laughs> That's it. That's using amazing. the house, using all the kids' college funds. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, it was everything. We put everything into it. And then, um, so money was tight, obviously. And then I was struggling. And this guy, who the programmer and his brother, I, I told him, I said, you know, we're really struggling right now. I'm, you know, doing the best I can, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, we have an idea. And I said, okay, I'm all ears. What's your idea? At this point in time, I'll, I'll listen to anybody, right? Sure. And they said, we, for 15% of your company, we want 15%. We will work through lunch. <laughs> That was their offer? That was their offer, yes. And so I immediately fired them. I was just so mad. I was like, Are you, uh, you know, me? Uh, yeah, they were just, and they were, it was just ridiculous. And I said, okay, well, you're fired too. So I got really good at firing people um, yeah. in this time. So then here I was, I was sitting in this office space that I had paying rent. Um, I had a program that was kind of there, you know, we, we, it was almost ready to go, but not quite. And I was sitting there with all this code, this office space all by myself. And I'm like, can I say the, shoot. That's what I, that's not really what I was thinking, but I'm saying it on the podcast. I was like, oh shoot, what the heck am I going to do now? And so one day I was on this forum. I was online. I was looking at, you know, I, I don't remember what it was. But somebody on the forum, it was like a computer help forum thing. And somebody asked what appeared to me to be a really difficult question, you know, this really complicated question. And uh, this guy answered it. And I, I read his answer and I was like, I need to find that guy. That's the guy I want, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happened that he lived in Denver and I got a hold of him and it was right during the dot-com layoff and he'd been laid laid off from some dot-com company or whatever it was and so I convinced him to come and hang out with me and and build this finish building this product which he did this was around 2000 2001 is that right yeah yeah that was about 2001 and so he he came on board with me and and uh helped me get it his name's Keith and 
Um, he helped me get it over the finish line, so to speak, although software is never over the finish line, but he helped me get it to launch. And then sure. um, I got it launched and I started selling it around Colorado to mechanical contractors because that's everybody I knew, right? I knew. Mm -hmm. And general contractors, electrical, but it started out in, in the mechanical area. And then I started doing trade shows and going a little bit more national. And then um, at one of the trade shows, I met a guy who introduced me to the people at AccuBit. And so this was around 2004. Um, I sold it to AccuBit and went to work for them, um, which was a whole nother, you know, whole nother thing there. But uh, that was how I got it started. But it was literally when you read the stories about people who bootstrap it and, mm -hmm. you know, I, and, and trying to get funding is the most miserable experience. I mean, it's not that I didn't try, right? Mm -hmm. I tried to get angel funding or VC funding or any of that. But they always, you know, back then they wanted the, you know, the shiny object or the sexy whatever it was. And construction back then wasn't, right? There was nothing exciting about construction technology in the early 2000s. There this is so interesting to hear your hear your story and your perspective because I'm I'm actually sort of a well I'm not going to speak for you when I say this but there's this whole broader conversation in in SaaS and in, and of course technology as a whole around if you have an idea you can solve a problem you can solve a pain and you can monetize it do you take VC funding or do you bootstrap it and I know the sexy thing has always been to VC fund it but I have more and more friends that are founders that are bootstrapping their businesses. And yes, sometimes, you know, growth can be slower and more organic, but these people just seem so much more happy and fulfilled and passionate about, you know, the problems they're solving without the pressure or the fear of, of, of investors, you know, breathing right. down their neck. It's, it's really an interesting sort of, there might be a potential shift, I think, happening in, in software um, over the next several years. I know, like I said, it's kind of a controversial opinion, controversial topic, but it's interesting to hear your perspective of how you bootstrapped your business. Yeah, and it was, uh, I, I learned some really good lessons and some hard lessons um, along the way. Um, I did have uh, an investor who, after I got the product launched, it was a customer, and um, this is kind of a funny story too, but uh, he would call me up all the time and he would say, Natalie, make it do this and make it do that. And, you know, you know, customers, that's what they do and that's what you want them to do, right? Sure. But I was, it was just me and Keith, and Keith was only part-time, right? I didn't, it's not like I had him 40 hours a week. He was just part-time. So um, when you we sold were, the company in 2004, was it just you and Keith at that time? Yes. I, I did wow. have a part-time assistant who would like help me stay organized, but she was like very like 15 hours a week. So it was just me and hmm. Keith and Keith had a, a, by that time, Keith had actually found a full-time job. So he was just helping me on Saturdays. So he would come and over to my house on, on Saturdays and he would work and I would just pay him in cash. I would pay did you, that's incredible. So did you <laughs> choose to stay at AccuBuild and, and still work with the product or what did that look like? Well, okay. So 
here's what happened. I did have one investor who, who I invest, invested with me. He was a customer and he, he put in about $100,000 over the course of a year. Um, he would just write me checks. There was no contract. There was no uh, written anything. It was just handshake. As a matter of fact, I went to their company picnic and he had to introduce me to his wife because his wife didn't know who Natalie was and why he kept writing me like $25,000 checks. That is mind blowing and actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> so, so yeah, but he, he was, if it hadn't been for him, we would have never made it. But um, so then I sold it to AccuBid and um, it's everybody who works at, you know, on the AccuBid side and MEP who's been around knows that it was not an easy uh it, it wasn't an easy transition for me or for Giovanni, who owned AccuBit at the time before he sold it to Trimble. Um, mm -hmm. So we didn't get along very well, but he did teach me some things. You know, he taught me some valuable things. One of those is that whatever it takes to get the product built, it's going to take you about seven times that to get it to market. That was something he told me that proved to be very correct. You know, if you spend a million dollars to to build a product. It's going to take you about seven million to get it out into the mm -hmm. into the world, and it's true, you know. And you can have so the greatest you, product in the world, but if you can't get it out there, it doesn't matter. So you've told me some really funny behind the scenes type type of stories from the early days, and, and some mistakes you made along the way. But I want to hear okay. about good decisions you made. What would you say is maybe the best decision you made as a founder in those six seven years? Um. That's a good question. I think if I were, if you believe in, you know, I've always been an idea person ever since I was a kid, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I always come up with these crazy ideas or whatever, right? And half the time they're all just stupid. You know, they don't, sure. they don't, you know, they don't pan out or whatever. But if you, if you have an idea and it just won't go away and it, and I always tell people, you know, if it wakes you up in the middle of the night, like you, you have this, like when I had the idea for construct job, it just wouldn't go away. And I just kept thinking we could do this and we could do that. And we could, you know, go into this market or whatever. And I would literally wake up in the middle of the night with ideas of how to make the product better. That's how, how passionate to, you are. That I was, yeah, you have to have that passion. And if you don't have that passion about the idea, then that's a, that should be a sign to you, you know, it might, it, it might be a great idea, but if you don't have the passion for it, don't go down that road because you, you could end up being very unhappy, even though you got what you wanted, maybe you didn't have the passion for it to begin with. Does that make sense? It does. And frankly, I'm going to be honest with you. This is maybe the funnest conversation I've had on this podcast. So I was not I was not expecting hyperlinked, embedded, you know, <laughs> X-rated content X -rated. embedded into your into your software early on. Yeah. That is that is. I, <laughs> I mean, didn't I expect it either. Honestly. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh, but it's very funny um, <laughs> at your expense. <laughs> yeah. no, it's um, okay. Right. So that so that's awesome to learn a little bit about about your history. Um, what if so? You mentioned, you know, that the construction, the contact world today is very different. It feels like there's a new construction st software startup or hardware startup that is entering the, you know, the scene every single day. 
Uh, yeah. We've seen it, you know, just being honest, like on the Trimble side, we see new competitors pop up every single day. What advice would you give to new founders, particularly in construction technology, who are looking to solve a real pain in the industry? Um, well, first off, and this this is true across the board. It doesn't not just related to construction, but I think it's always important to know who your competitors are. But I and it, it's good to keep tabs on your competitors. But I also think that you can't stare at your competitors too much because it weakens your own confidence in your own product and your own abilities, right? Mm. So back then, you know, I was Constructware was the big one that the GCs had. And that was, and actually that's why I named my product Construct Job is because I thought J came before W in the alphabet. <laughs> looking it up, they'd find me first, right? But um, but I would always keep tabs on what they were doing, but I, I had to learn that if I stared at them too much, it was gonna make me feel insecure about my own progress. So I think that's important to, you know, it's, it's important to know who's out there in the market and you're absolutely right. There's new apps and, and platforms and all of that coming out every other day. And I always try to know who's out there. Um, but we have to stay really focused on what we're working on and have confidence in that. And that's true at Trimble, or that's true if you're just uh, your own startup just starting out. Does that that's make really sense? interesting. Yeah. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on today's show. We're running up against time. It is Ab Shire. I uh, will not forget that because of the Lord, of Rings, the Lord of the Rings reference. Thank you so much for coming on today's show. If people have questions or, or comments or want to learn more about your experience, um, where can they find you? Are you available on LinkedIn or what does that look like? I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't go on there very often, but I am there. You can look me up uh, just by my name. Um, you could also find me on, of course, my email at, at Trimble and then that's pretty much it. I don't, I, I don't do like Facebook and all of that. Oh, that's a good decision. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah, so, well, Natalie, you are one of the funnest guests we've had on this podcast. That is a wrap on another episode of the Connecting Construction podcast, chatting all about construction technology with different founders and different folks from all sides of the industry. Natalie, we are super grateful to have you at Trimble. You have a wealth of knowledge and you bring a ton of a ton to the table. So thanks again. Thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast. Me. Yep. And we will uh, see everybody next time. Thanks again, folks. Bye-bye.